What is going on, Sandals Church Online? What is going on? Where is Jeff at? I am actually in Michigan right now. Now, some of you in Southern California or maybe uh, other places of the country you're like, or, or the world, you're like, where in the world is Michigan? Michigan is what's called the Midwest of the United States, and I am here. Why am I here? Because there's a Sandals Church anywhere here, and we'll get into that a little bit. But hey, if this is your first time tuning in, hanging out, clicking on, we are so glad you are here. And we wanna to get to know you, we wanna say hello. So in order to do that, you need to reach back out. So go to sandalschurch.com slash next and say hi, we would love to say hello. Or you can actually go in the chat right now and say hello, there's people there to help you. Maybe you got prayer requests, maybe you wanna say hi, maybe you wanna know a little bit more about Sandals Church, go there right now in the chat comments. Hey, we're gonna hang out, we're gonna come on over here. We're gonna meet some of the people in the Sandals Church anywhere. DeWitt, Michigan, look, they're already ready. They got the flag right there. And we're gonna hang out and meet some amazing people. Awesome, kid. Come on now. Hey guys, everybody say hey, what's up? Okay, you guys keep on talking. Man, it is so cool. This is their community. These are the Sandals Church Anywhere friends. Hey, and right here we have the Sandals Church Anywhere host. We have Jason and Stephanie. And so Jason and Stephanie, Jason and Stephanie, what's really awesome about these guys is that um, they've been Sandals Church Anywhere for a while now. But when it comes to Sandals Church Anywhere and this community, this group, uh, what has been the best experience about bringing Sandals Church Anywhere uh, here? Uh, I think like literally the name, Sandals Church Anywhere. You don't need a big church. You have the people around you. You can have church anywhere, bring the right family, the right community. And I mean, we're sitting here in a, a garage in the middle of Michigan having church. So awesome? Sandals Church Anywhere. Man, that is so cool, man. Just look at the door right here. Look, they are already prepared. Come on, that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Hello. Hey, this is Stephanie. And Stephanie, can you tell us a little bit? about how you feel maybe supported and resourced by St. Louis Church all the way here in Michigan. So, so true. I I can't even imagine, like, once we start, we started um, and wanted to do St. Louis Church Anywhere, um, it wasn't just, okay, go ahead, right. you, you go be at St. Louis Church Anywhere, you're part of us. No, there's, there's paths that you need to take. There's, there's trainings that Jason and I took together. There's um, encouragement, there's, you're investing in us and so you're, we're showing you the investment and then once we start moving on with it, there's, there's just more and more and you introduce the growth path yeah, and right. yeah. it just gives everybody that opportunity to know they're doing the right thing, like step by step, okay, I'm doing this, other people are doing this, it's working and you just feel connected. That is so awesome, connection and I love how you said that. Um, basically, all the way out here, you feel like we're connected, like, and you're resourced and supported by us all the way in Southern California. But I gotta tell you, I feel like maybe I should, I should live here. You, they got ten, come on now. They got ten acres of land out here. Um, so however much you know, we pay for a studio in Southern California. That's how much you can get here in Michigan. Ten acres. Hey guys, we are so happy that you're part of the Sandals Church family. And I'm telling you, if you are not a Sandals Church anywhere, if you're an online viewer, no matter where you are, you can be a Sandals Church anywhere. I mean, look at this. You have two individuals, and now you have this team of people who is just family, they're connected, they're community. This is Sandals Church anywhere. This is Sandals Church. Well, we're going to jump into worship, so lift those hands and let's sing right now.
Well, hey, Sandals Church Online family, what is going on? My name is Jeff, and I'm your online campus pastor. Now, every single weekend, we have this awesome opportunity to have church. And it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you've got on. You could be in your PJs. You could be in your jogging suit. You can be in your business suit. Goodness, you could be in your birthday suit. Watch out now. What matters is that you are here, and you're ready to have church online style. To all of you from all over the world, welcome. We are a church. We're Sandals Church, which means that we have many campuses in California. We have multiple Sandals Church anywhere locations, uh, uh, nationally and internationally, as well as the thousands and thousands of you who make up our global online community, watching from literally all over. If you're new, we'd love for you to check out sandalschurch.com slash next. We would love to connect with you. We'd love to know who you are and let you know about Sandals Church. Not only that, but we have this chat comment space please chat and say hello in the comments let those sandals church chat hosts know that you are there and that you're new you might be at a sandals church anywhere location right now let your host know that you're new and say hi and they will let you know how you can get connected to that location more if you have kids that means that god has appointed you as your child's number one influencer in their life that means that you get to disciple your kid to know more about Jesus. And don't worry, don't worry, we got you. We are here to help you. How do, how, how do we do that? We have created a fun service with amazing content for them as you lead them to know more about following Jesus. All you have to do is check out kids.sandalschurch.tv. We are a church that's all about being real. Real with ourselves, God, and others. And one of the ways we do this is by sharing real stories. We had Steve from Arizona write into us and say, just want to tell you that Sandals has been a blessing in our lives. Our community group unanimously agrees that the boldness of the preaching is a breath of fresh air. I have told so many others about Sandals and they have told their friends as well. Tell Pastor Matt that we are praying for him as I'm sure Satan is ticked off and wanting to attack him, the church and his family. God bless you, Pastor Jeff and the Sandals Church family. Man, that is what I'm talking about. Come on. Those are stories that we love to hear that blesses us and we know bless you. If you have a story that you would love to share with us, please go to sandalschurch.com slash share your story. Well, well, now for another bold message that I know will be life-changing. Here is our lead pastor, Matt Brown, with another message from our Win in Rome series. Hey guys, welcome to Sandals Church. I want to welcome everybody that's at our campuses and that are watching online from around the world. Man, I love you. And I want to talk to you today about something that we all face. How many of you guys ever been discouraged? Yeah, some of you are discouraged right now. You're like, yeah, this is the message for me. Man, I was cracking up as I was getting ready to preach this message today. I scratched my leg, bled all over my new shorts, never worn the shorts before. And I was like, Lord, I don't need an illustration. And then on my way to the church, have you, have, you, have you tried to open those new water bottles? You know, they're good for the environment, but terrible for opening. And so when you twist it, the whole bottle twists and dump water all over myself. Don't look, eyes up here, amen. But it's like, come on, Lord, I'm gonna preach. This is gonna be recorded and I got one pair of pants. Isn't it amazing how easy we become discouraged? 
It's just, it's incredible to me. You know, 99 things go right, one thing goes wrong, and I'm like, Lord, where are you today? And so I want to talk to you today about how to overcome discouragement. So we're in this series called When in Rome. And the Romans, the Christian Romans, are discouraged. So for 10 chapters, the Apostle Paul has been talking about how they're separated from God, but how God has brought them back to him through Jesus Christ. And then in Romans 10, he says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, right? So why isn't everybody saved? Some of you have family members, you have friends. Some of you have a husband or a wife. Some of you have a child that isn't right with God. And there's nothing that bothers you more there's nothing that discourages you more than there, when there's somebody that you love and you know how much God loves them, but they're apart from God. And so the Apostle Paul, he begins to talk to the church at Rome. And he says, look, man, here's how we're going to overcome this discouragement. And he's going to give us some practical things we can do to overcome whatever it is that you're going through today. And so we're going to begin in Romans 10 uh, chapter 10, verse 21, and then we're gonna jump right into Romans 11, and we're gonna look at about five verses in Romans 11. But Paul says this, remember, so whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But, right? And this is, this is a big but right here, you know what I'm saying, amen? Keep it appropriate. But, he says of Israel, he says, all day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. You know, amen? Some of you are like, well, my children must be Jewish, right? I mean, that's just children, okay? They're the children of God, and, 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 and they're just disobedient, and they're contrary. You ever notice when you're trying to raise a kid right, they just seem to be focused on being wrong? And now you know what it's like to feel like God. So in Romans chapter 11, verses 1 through 6, he says, I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means. He says, for I myself am an Israelite. The Apostle Paul's a proud Jew, and if you're Jewish, you should be proud of that too. There's an amazing heritage there. He says, I'm a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. He says, God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. He says, don't you know what it says in the scripture in Elijah, how he appeals to God against Israel, right? You ever been so frustrated, moms? These are your children. You gave these to me. Lord, this is not my fault. I did not know them when they were in my womb. Psalms 139, that's your problem, Lord. This is what he says. Lord, they've killed your prophets. They've demolished your altars. I alone am left. And they seek my life. But what is God's reply to him? He says, I have kept for myself even 7,000 men who have not bowed to Baal. They've not bowed a knee to Baal. And so too, at the present time, he says, there's a remnant chosen by grace. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. I want you to know that God has a word for you today and the Holy Spirit wants to lift you wherever you are right now. Some of you are overwhelmed with discouragement and you are headed to its ugly stepsister depression. And so you better deal with whatever is discouraging you right now. And I, wanna, I want you to listen very carefully to every point that I give you today. It says, I can overcome discouragement. I can. God's not going to overcome something that you don't try to overcome yourself. And so I want you to listen to God today. So I can overcome discouragement when I start expecting more from God and listen to me and less from people. Some of you, you blame God for the behavior of people. 
You say, God, what are you doing? And you, you point to people. Let me tell you something. You need to turn to God and turn away from some people. Because some of you right now, you haven't been to church. You've fallen away from God. And it has nothing to do with God. It has nothing to do with his church. But it has to do with a person who wounded you. It has to do with a person who lied to you. Maybe it has to do with a group of people who didn't listen to you when you said you've been hurt and lied to. They didn't support you. I want you to know you need to turn that away from God and you need to turn that against that person and say, God, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna expect more from you, but I'm going to expect very little from these people. Let me say this as your pastor. My deepest hurts in ministry have come from expecting too much from people. Do you know how many people told me when we started this church they were in it to win it? And I haven't seen some of those people in decades. I had one guy tell me, Pastor, I would have taken a bullet for you. And I didn't even shoot him. <laughs> and he left the church angry at me. Isn't that crazy? I don't know about you guys, but I mean, taking a bullet for somebody, that is, that is a certain level of commitment. I mean, amen, on most days I take a bullet for my wife. On most days. That's saying something. That guy said those words to me. And that guy walked right out of our church. And I say, Lord, what are you doing? Listen to me. The only person I needed to be worried about walking out of this church was Jesus. Because when he leaves, we're done. But so much of my discouragement, so much of my depression, so much of my angst has come from expecting so much from people. Oh my gosh, this person goes to our church. We're gonna make it now. Let me tell you something. If your faith is in a person, your faith is in the wrong person. It needs to be in God. Romans 10, 21. But of Israel, he says, all day long, all day I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. God says, don't look at my people, look at me. Don't look at them, look at me. And some of you are so turned off on God because you've turned your attention off God and you've put it on a person. You put it on a person. That's why I don't get super excited about people running for president. I don't care who they are. I don't care what party they are. They're a person and that means they're a problem. They're a problem. Stop looking at God's people. And so many people today are gonna spend an eternity in hell because of, one, because of what some stupid person said who claims to represent heaven. That's dumb. That's dumb. Don't leave your eternity up to what some awful person did or said. Leave your eternity up to Jesus and listen to what he did and listen to what he says. Romans 11:2. It says, I ask then, has God rejected his people? His people are hard-headed, knuckle-headed. Has God rejected them? By no means. Our faith is not about people. Our faith is about God. About God. And some of you, you're in school and you're learning what some of these supposed Christians did in the name of Jesus throughout history. And you're like, oh my gosh, how can God be real? Don't look at them, look at God. You wanna know why they did what they did? Because they were looking at their surroundings and they stopped looking at God. You see, it's hard to kill your neighbor and love them at the same time. You see, they weren't listening to Jesus who said, pray for your enemy and love your neighbor. And for some of you, your enemy is your neighbor, amen? 
He says, for I'm, I, I myself am an Israelite. I'm a descendant of Abraham. He says, I'm a member of the tribe of Benjamin. He says, God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. And why is that? Because Paul is a representative of those people. Listen to me, parents. People are evil, but God is good. When our first daughter was born, we decorated her room with the story of Noah. What were we thinking? <laughs> right? Sleep tight, little one. We love you so much. This is when God killed everyone. <laughs> right? But he saved animals two by two. We hope he saves you. Sleep tight. <laughs> Sleep tight. What are we thinking, parents? Right? That's like the worst story in the Bible. But let me tell you, parents, why your kid needs to know that story. Why is it in Genesis chapter 6? God had to teach us early on, trust him, not people. Trust him, not people. There was one guy who found favor in the Lord's sight. Noah, one guy, and he wasn't that good. Read the story. People are evil, but God is good. And so many of our young people are being taught in school today that it's systems much, that must change. Listen to me. The Bible says it's you that needs to change. Because let me tell you what Noah's Ark teaches us. He wiped out the whole system, and people came out the same. And the only reason we're here is because God said, I won't kill you anymore. And that's what the rainbow means. God's blessing. And actually, in Hebrew, it's not rainbow. It's a warrior's bow. And listen to me. Which direction, if you fired an arrow, would it go? Not at us. It goes to heaven. You see, God killed himself to save you. I can overcome discouragement. Listen to this. I can overcome discouragement. When I identify where my discouragement com it comes from. Okay? Trigger warning for all my young people. I love you. But some of you, some of your discouragement comes from unrealistic expectations. Like your parents have taught you you're God and you believe them. Your parents have raised you, blocked for you, protected you, and you have announced I am here and no one cares. <laughs> Many of us have unrealistic expectations. Job 4, 5 says this, now trouble comes to you and you're discouraged. It strikes you, right? Bam! And you're dismayed. What happened? I mean, some of you, something goes wrong. You, you act like you just got punched in the face by Mike Tyson. What happened? They got my latte wrong. <laughs> and what happens is we have these expectations, right? That life is always going to go our way. That nothing is ever going to be difficult. Listen to me, parents. One of the best things that you can do for your children is prepare them for the reality of life. Last week, you know, it was my birthday, and we do this thing in our home where we, we call it words of affirmations, okay? I don't know why it is that we say good things about people when they're dead. They can't hear you. So why not say these things when they're alive? And so that's what we do in our home. And let me tell you something. Sometimes it's hard to muster up a good word if you're not in a good place but it's even harder to hear good words. And so I had to sit there in this circle and my kids all had some good words. My wife, amen, had some good words. Praise God. 
But one of my kids, and listen to me, parents, some of you feel like your kids aren't listening. What blew me away about my kids was I realized they heard more than I thought. They heard more than I thought. And each of them began to recite some things I thought they didn't hear. And one of those statements was this, Dad, thank you for challenging me to do hard things because you always said, I have to do hard things because life is hard. It is hard. It is hard. And let me tell you something. If you're struggling, the struggle is what's going to make you appreciate the win. If God gave it to you, you wouldn't appreciate it. And so the story of Job is this. Why do bad things happen to good people? And how do we respond when we perceive ourselves as good? And that's the story of Job and God. Where Job wrestles with, I don't understand what I've done so wrong to allow all these things to happen to me. And, and why some of you are discouraged with God is you expect God to block every single trial and every single trouble and keep it from you. And here's the thing you need to know. God knows you need a little trouble. You need a little trials to become the person he's called you to be. Next. I gotta discover what discourages me. And for some of you, this is gonna be really challenging and this is gonna blow your mind. But let me tell you something, you have a personal enemy. Okay, some of you think someone hates you, there is someone that really hates you and his name is the devil. He hates you, he loathes you, he wants to wound you and destroy you. The whole story of Job is Satan going to God, you blessed this guy too much. He only loves you because you blessed him. Let me mess with him, Lord, and then he'll hate you. God says, okay, but you can't kill him. And I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a lot of space between not killing and messing with someone. And the devil's like, okay, I can work with that. You have a personal enemy, the devil who hates you. The apostle Paul wraps up his letter to the church at Ephesus. And he says, put on all of God's armor, all of it. Okay, and some of you go to church once a, once a month. That's, that's a foot, that's a piece of armor. And you're going into a battle with one foot covered. All right, I'm ready. So that you will be able to stand firm against all of the strategies of the devil. The devil has a strategy for you. Do you have a strategy for him? For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits, hold on, in heavenly places. Stop there. Stop there. So many of you guys, you want to know, oh, do Pastor Matt, do you believe in aliens? Let me give you a suggestion of what these things might be. You see, some people say, well, this is American tech. We've got tech we don't know about, right? And you got your little blog, and you know what this really is, and you're on the inside. Okay, maybe it is. I barely got through trig, okay? I, I didn't go to calculus. Okay, physics, you know, was like, was that phys ed? You know, I mean, that's just where I was in school. But some people say it's American tech. Others say it's aliens, it's ET. But let me give you a third option. One of the things that's blowing people's minds 
is that these things that we're seeing in heavenly places, and that's what the word means, up there, is that they, de they defy the laws of physics. Well, why might these things defi defy the laws of physics? Maybe they're not physical at all. Maybe they're spiritual. And for the first time, our technology is seeing what God has said always existed. The prince of the power of the air. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. You're welcome. But let me tell you something. I don't, I don't know what that is. But I know who the devil is and he hates you and he has a plan for your life and it's to rip your family apart. It's to destroy your kids. It's to pull you out of church and make you not believe in God. And for many of you, he's winning. You see, that's why Jesus Christ had to lose for you on the cross so that you could win in your relationship with God. And let me tell you this. Why, why does the devil love to discourage us? Because the devil cannot defeat you. Only you can do that. So the devil discourages you. He discourages you. Some of you are excellent parents, but you're discouraged as a parent. Some of you, you feel like your marriage is falling apart and you're discouraged. And the truth is you have a stronger marriage than all of your friends. You're just honest. Some of you are discouraged about your job. At least you have a job. I was in the grocery store this week. I ran into a guy who I know makes more money than me and he's all ticked off about his job. I had a hard time being compassionate. But listen to me, sometimes it's not the devil, sometimes it's you. Some of you are really good at making bad choices. The next thing that discourages all of us is our poor choices. Let me tell you something I learned a long time ago. You get to choose your choices, you don't get to choose your consequences. And that's hard, that's difficult. And I just would ask you, I would just invite you to ask yourself, who keeps making all of my decisions? I want to know. You know, it's like Americans. Everybody hates Congress. Congress has a nine percentage approval rating. Well, who sent them there? <laughs> right? I mean, if we should be mad at somebody, it's the people that are voting. Well, no, I don't hate Congress. Well, stop sending them there. And some of you are so mad at your life, look at your choices. It's why God says, choose this day whom you will serve. And many of you have voted for yourself. How's that going? But here's the good news with God. We get to change our vote, amen? Till the day we die. Then that vote is permanent. So you still have an opportunity. But for some of you, it's not just your decisions it's your surroundings. Some of you are surrounded with negative, discouraging people. Man, in the Old Testament, God calls Israel out of Babylon and they have a spiritual leader named Ezra and he's leading the people of God. He's leading revival and they come back to Jerusalem after they've been away for 70 years. They've been conquered and slaughtered and, and carted off and they come back to build Jerusalem and to rebuild the walls. And look what happens in Ezra 4.4. Then the people around them 
set out to discourage the people of Judah and to make them afraid to go on building. Some of you guys, man, the people closest to you, they don't wanna see you succeed. I mean, some of us, our families and our friends are like crabs in a barrel. You get too high, I'm gonna pull you down. I don't want you to be successful. I don't want you to, you, you to be a big deal. And you need to just ask, myself, ask yourself, say, Lord, do I need to shift? Do I need to switch up all these friends that I think are the people that I need? Because maybe they're the very people that are becoming the person that you need to become. And let me just say this. If you wanna change your life, then change the people you let surround you. You say, Lord, I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. I'm sad. Look at your friends. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. So I can overcome discouragement when? When I change what I'm paying attention to. Romans 11, two through four. Do you not know what the scripture says? No, we forget, right? We forget. How Elijah, one of the most depressed, awesome guys in the history of the world, like you think your life is, or is boring? Look at Elijah. His life is thrilling, incredible. He does amazing things. And he's like, oh, I'm so sad all the time. How he appeals to God against Israel. Lord, they've killed your prophets. They've demolished your altars. I alone am left. And they seek my life. But what is God's reply? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed to the knee of Baal. And some of you are so discouraged. Well, I just don't know about what they're teaching our kids in school. They're teaching our kids in school about Baal. Baal is sex worship. That's what it is. That's always been one of the biggest enemies of the gospel. To worship yourself and your desires over God and his desires for your life. But let me just say this. Some of you only pay attention to discouraging things. That's why you watch the news. I want to feel worse today. <laughs> can, I just, can I just speak to some of you? Some of you have a holy highlighter. But it only highlights everything that goes wrong. You only focus on things that go wrong. I don't know if you guys know this, but Donald Trump is no longer our president. Okay, don't send me an email about conspiracy and aliens and everything else that you're taking notes on. But did you know that CNN, their news ratings have dropped 70%. Do you know why that is? It's hard to build a business model on things you're against. And so what happens is when you don't know what you're for, people are gonna just leave in droves. And CNN doesn't know who they are. I was listening to another commentary, so I don't just pick on liberals, who says that the, that the conservative party has not known what to do with themselves since the fall of the Soviet Union. Because all they knew as conservatives is what they were against. And because they defined themselves as conservatives by what they were against, this conservative was listing all the horrible decisions they've made for Americans over the last 30 years. Some of you are only focused on what you're against and you have no idea what you're for. Listen to me, if 
you only know what you're against, then what motivates you is what's negative. And what's negative will only discourage you. And what discourages you eventually will only depress you. That's why Paul wrote to the Philippian church and he said, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now let's just run through those again. Let's run through those. Finally, brothers, whatever's true, some of you are only focused on what's lies. Let me tell you the conspiracies. Let me tell you how this person lied. Let me tell you how this, this wasn't true. I'm gonna fact check your fact check. Some of you are only focused on lies. That's going to discourage you. Finally, brothers, whatever is honorable, some of you are only focused on what is dishonorable. How about this one? Whatever is just. Some of you are all about social justice and you've become miserable because you only see what's wrong and you can't see anything that's right. How about this? Whatever is pure. Some of you, man, you only look at what is filth. And it's overcoming you. You're toxic because what you're watching is toxic. Whatever is lovely. You only look at things that are gross, right? I mean, who sent you an Instagram? Look at this video, this is lovely. How many of you guys, you get a video and I'm guilty of this. I send it to my friends, like, oh God, I wish I hadn't seen that. How about this, whatever's commendable. You wanna know why our society's so broken? We don't look at anything that's commendable. We only look at things that are broken. Is there anything of excellence? I mean, we're, we're, we're all critics, right? Like you've never made a movie in your life. That movie was terrible. I'm gonna write a review. If there's anything worthy of praise, and some of you can't even do that in church, You, you can't even praise God. You're so negative. Think about these things. Man, it's easy to be negative though, isn't it? It's easy. We look at our world, like every night at 11, the world's falling apart, amen? This week I read an article about COVID is spiking in, in the Midwest. I was like, oh my gosh, I read the article. They had a COVID spike in a town of 27 people. 27 people. Now, every one of those people mattered to Jesus. But like 50% of the town got COVID. There's 27 people. They might have had a picnic. Okay, I mean, right? And we look at the world. My wife said to me this week, she says, she turned on the news and she says, we're just getting so old, we hate everything. <laughs> and we do, right? We get critical, music, Hollywood. And we get critical and we think, man, it's all going to hell, right? They're all going to hell. Well, I want you to know that I was in a home this week of a director from Hollywood. I was in his home. I got to hold his Oscar. They're heavy. 
I didn't, I never thought that. I was like, whoa, this is real. Like my awards, you know, they're like plastic, <laughs> you know? So I, I said, was this, is this gold? And he's like, yeah, it's gold plated. I was like, ooh, you know? But let me tell you this. You might not know his name, but you would know the names of all his movies. And you would know the names of many of the characters he's created. Some of you have watched his movies this week. You say, well, why were you in his home? Because he goes to Sandals Church. You're like, someone in Hollywood goes to Sandals? Yeah, one. <laughs> I mean, maybe two, but I don't know him. But you know what I asked him? I asked him, I said, how did you become a believer? I was so shocked that someone in Hollywood could love Jesus. You know why? I'm negative. Lord, I'm the only one. No one is following you. Everyone is bowed to Baal. Everyone's going crazy. Everyone's joining a sex cult. God says, no, I got 7,000 who haven't bowed to Baal. I wish I could have been in heaven just to see Jesus' face as I asked this question. I said, how did you become a believer? I know Jesus just looked at the angels. He's like, watch this. Watch. Watch Matt lose his mind. Go. He said, my life was falling apart and I knew that I wasn't right with God. And I knew, listen to me, everyone who loves Jesus. He said, I knew there was someone else in our studio who read their Bible. Does anyone know you read your Bible? And so I went to him at his desk and I said, can you tell me how to be right with God? In a Hollywood studio. Some of you are afraid to do that at church. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Let me get Pastor Matt. Hold on. <laughs> and here's what the guy told him. He said, I'm not sure, but I'm reading the Bible to figure it out. But I think the answer is in John 3, 16. And he went home that night, he got a Gideon's Bible. You know, the one you never pay attention to in the hotel room? And he opened it and he read it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And he said those words meant something to him and he realized he believed. And he said, it changed me. It changed me. He and this other executive at his studio, they both gave their lives to Christ. And they would read their Bibles on set and in studio. And he said people would make fun of them. He said people would shout at them at lunch, Jesus hates you! He said they were called the God Squad. But he said it never bothered me because I knew that Jesus loved me. Some of you, man, you're so critical of Hollywood. You're so critical of music. I want you to know God is there and he has his people there. He has his people there. And just because it doesn't get reported doesn't mean it isn't true. Here's how I deal with my discouragement. I invite others to encourage me. Lord, listen to these words. They have killed your prophets I alone am left. I alone am left. Some of you feel so alone. That's the devil's work. 
Genesis chapter one says it is not good for man to be alone. I wanna challenge you right now, if you feel alone, if you feel completely isolated, would you consider inviting God into your life? Here's what that individual, who is now one of the most influential people in Hollywood said to me. He said, I knew my life was not right. Listen to me, young people especially. He said he was a young creative and he felt like he was being swallowed by talent in Hollywood. And he said, I'm not like any of these people. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not creative enough. And I asked him, I said, what changed? He said, when I believed in Jesus Christ, Jesus taught me to believe in myself. Listen to me. As we left his house that day, I turned to one of our pastors who was with me, and I said, that individual is one of the most talented, creative, influential people in the world that I'll ever meet in my life. And yet, in his early 20s, he thought he didn't have what it took. But he gave his life to Jesus. He surrendered to the Lord. And Jesus has completely blessed his life. Blessed his life. And he gives all glory to God for his wife, for his wealth, and for his success. And he said, I want to spend the rest of my life bringing attention and glory to God because of what God has done for me. I don't know what God has in store for you, but I know this, you will never become yourself by yourself. Listen to me. Jesus is not just inviting you to himself. He's inviting you to your true self. Would you invite God into your life? Deuteronomy 31.8 says this, the Lord himself goes before you. Who is you? His people. Are you one of his people? And he will be with you. He will never leave you. And he will never forsake you. Do not be afraid. And what? Do not be discouraged. Discouragement is never the Lord's work. That's you and the devil's teamwork. What would happen if you gave your life to Christ? What would happen if you really believed? You see, when you change what you believe about Jesus, Jesus will change what you believe about yourself. Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Even Hollywood producers. Even you. Even me. But the next thing I want to challenge you on, because many of you are like, well, I already believe in God. I've already invited God, but I still feel lonely. I want to challenge you to invite God's people into your life. Romans 11.5 says this, at the present time, right now, there is a remnant, a people, chosen by grace. Chosen by grace. And God wants you to have relationships with these people who are chosen by grace. You see, there's something special and extraordinary about a person who knows they're forgiven. You see, they don't just have grace for themselves, but they have grace for you. They don't just have a love for themselves, they have a love for you. 
That's what happens when God takes hold of a heart. And some of you throughout COVID, you have so isolated yourself. And because of that, you are so discouraged by yourself. Hebrews 10, 25 says this, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Every single one of us has habits. They're just not all good. But let us, when we meet together, let us what? Let us encourage one another. Let us encourage one another. I don't know that I've ever been more encouraged as your pastor in my life than when I sat there and I heard a Hollywood superstar say he gave his life to Jesus and he decided to go to our church. Wow. I remember when we started this and I would knock on doors and they wouldn't even answer. God is doing amazing things. Amazing things. But some of you are only focused on everything that's going wrong and you're not joining Jesus Christ in what he's doing right here at our church. That's on you. Romans 1, 11 through 12 says this. I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, listen to this, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's what? Faith. You know why so many of you are discouraged? Because you don't ever gather together with someone who has faith. Someone who has faith. I was so encouraged this week to meet someone who has faith, real faith, someone who's been mocked, made fun of, put down, and at times overstepped, and guess what? God has still blessed him, still blessed him. 1 Thessalonians 4.18 says this, therefore encourage one another, I want you to underline this, with these words. Words are powerful things, aren't they? And what's so wrong with our society is the words we use to speak with one another. At Sandals Church, when we gather together in community groups, what we're doing is we're not just sharing our week, but we're encouraging one another with God's words. God's words. And let me tell you why you need that. Because every single one of us, we save our worst words for ourselves. Nobody loves me. God's word says, I love you. Nobody cares about me. God's word says, I'm watching over you right now. Some of you believe right now, no one cares if I live or die. God's word says, I died so you could live. Some of you say, well, if I went to a community group, nobody would like me. God's word says, they have to like you. Amen? They have to. They have to. We need God's word to help us, to inspire us, to lift us up. And some of you, all you're doing is you're listening to the enemy's words rather than the words of Jesus. And he's calling you right now. He's calling you to change your life. And that's not gonna be easy. But here's where we start. We start by believing in God. And then we start by obeying God. Believe in Jesus and we obey him.
by connecting with his people. I want to challenge so many of you. You're so discouraged because you're all alone. But God says, I got 7,000. Shoot, he's got 19,000 at Sandals Church. I mean, it fluctuates a little bit because some of you, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying. If you feel, if you feel convicted, that, that's fine. But the Lord has thousands of people that want to pray for you, that want to encourage you. But you got to take that step of faith. Just like you took that step of faith to believe, you got to take that step of faith and say, I'm going to get in a community group. I'm not just going to love my family, but I'm going to love God's family. I'm not just going to spend time with my friends, but I'm going to spend time with the friends of Jesus. And here's the amazing thing. When you begin to spend time with Jesus, you can't help but be lifted up and encouraged. Amen. Because we worship a Jesus who didn't stay in the grave, but he came out. And no matter what your darkness is, God can pull you out of it if you join him in the work that he's called you to. Let me just close in prayer by praying over you today. I want you to know that I believe God can begin to heal your discouragement if you'll trust him in these things that we've talked about today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus and through the power of your personal, present spirit, I pray that you would touch our hearts. I pray that these words would have spoken to our hearts and would challenge us to change today, especially those of us who are so discouraged and some of us who are already depressed. God, call us out of the darkness into your marvelous light. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. The first step is to believe in Jesus. Pastor Matt said that the first step is to believe in Jesus. And, and, and you want to know what? That's really what it's all about, believing in him. Everything in life is wrapped up in who you are believing in. Real life, true life is, is about believing in the one who gives life. If you're like me, the, the reason why I actually said yes to Jesus many years ago is because I had, I had no other hope or no real hope, actually. I needed Jesus so that I could be the person that God wanted me to be. We want you to find you. We want you to be the person that God wants you to be. And if that's you, then today is the day that you can invite God into your life for the very first time and choose to follow Jesus. All you have to do is go to sandalschurch.com next and take that next step, the step, to follow Jesus. For others of you, you might already be following Jesus, but, but, but let me tell you something. You might not have taken that, that next step of obedience and invite people, God's people, into your real life. Ever since I came to faith, I, I have been involved in community groups and, and they have been a blessing. They have been the place where I have found the encouragement I needed to not only serve, but, but to also get through my day-to-day -day life. And, and I wanna let you know that you can experience this too. If you're ready to take that next step of obedience, and get into a group, the best way to do that is by starting a group. And let me tell you this, we will be with you the entire way. And you can get started right now by checking out the growth path in the Sandals Church app. 
In fact, <laughs> check this out to also see the impact that community groups have here at Sandals Church. What's up guys, my name is McKay. Uh, this is my wife, Vivian Lee. We've been going to Sandals for a few years now. We got plugged into a community group at the beginning of 2019, um, started, got married nine months after that, and our group has been so helpful just to our first year of marriage, kind of going through a pandemic, learning how to be married. Um, community groups has really changed our lives. Growth Path, what's your next step? Like Pastor Matt said, when you invite God and God's people into your life, you can find true encouragement. And, and that was such a beautiful picture of that truth. And, and every week we have an opportunity to help people find true encouragement from hearing God's word and being surrounded by his people. I want you to know that when you give, you help us provide spaces like this for us to offer a community and a place to hear God's truth and be loved by his people. Thank you so much for giving and making this possible. If you'd like to give and you would like to join us in giving, you can do so anytime by giving on our Sandals Church app or by going to give.sc. Friends and family, my friends and family, my people, thanks so much for joining us today. Our hope, my hope, is that you were greatly impacted by this service and that this message would not stop here, but that you would start a conversation with your family that you're with right now, maybe your community group or your Sandals Church anywhere. I hope that today and this week, you can think about what steps God has for you to take so that you can start living this life he wants you to live. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and I hope to see you right here next week. Thanks for joining us.